your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Golden Knights podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. It's Thursday, February 4th, 2021, and the Vegas Golden Knights are almost back in action. Despite multiple positive COVID tests on the Vegas Golden Knights coaching staff and one more player added to the Vegas Golden Knights COVID protocol list, Fortunately, this player is not a a regular NHL roster player. He is on the taxi squad. But the Golden Knights find themselves in a position where, despite the fact that Alex Petrangelo is out, the fact that their their head coach, Pete DeBoer, is out, both with likely positive COVID tests, they will be headed back into action against the LA Kings on Friday, February 5th, 2021, and the Vegas Golden Knights will finally play their ninth game of the season. We're going to check in briefly with Kelly McCrimmon to see what he had to say about the Vegas Golden Knights and their COVID situation. But then in the second and third segments, we are going to be playing part of my interview series with Ken Bolke of Sinbin.Vegas. We are going to uh, be talking about the top Golden Knights forwards and defensemen in the Vegas Golden Knights system because because you were about to get a Jack Manning overload. Not only is there a brand new episode of the Golden Knights Watch podcast with me, Jack Manning, and my co-host AJ Alexander dropping today, I was also the guest on Sinbin.Vegas' podcast uh, where we did an entire episode, an entire two-hour episode about all of the Vegas Golden Knights prospects as well as what's going on in the, the Sinbin world. So, uh... Sit back, relax. I'm going to play you a little bit of audio from Kelly McCrimmon's press availability the other day to give you an update on what the COVID situation is. But our second and third segments today will be uh, my discussion with guest Ken Bolke about the top forwards and top defensemen in the Vegas Golden Knights prospect pool. So let's hear from Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, We were affected by COVID uh, last week. By the end of the week, we had uh, three coaches in COVID pro- protocol, uh, a player off our NHL roster in COVID protocol, and a player from our taxi squad roster also in COVID protocol. Uh, we're pleased to say that uh, those people are all uh, healthy and doing well. We've now had uh, four days of uh, all negative tests, which is encouraging. And uh, our expectation is that we will continue this week uh, as scheduled with uh, with our games against Los Angeles on the weekend. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know that Alex Petrangelo has tested positive and that he is likely going to be out for at least a little while. But you also know that Braden McNabb, the Golden Knights' other top, the other half of the Golden Knights' top pair, is also going to be out for the foreseeable future. Uh, I've heard a, a couple of different stories about what that timeline is between a few weeks uh, and a few months potentially. Uh, I can't I can't say specifically what it is, but what I will say is there is no clear timeline for the return of any of these folks. Well, you're you're in protocol, so uh, the timelines aren't finite. Finite. There's a process that you go through to come out of protocol, 
which uh, we anticipate you know will happen with uh, without further incident uh, based on uh, everyone uh, you know being in a good place so uh, exactly the dates we don't have that yet so with the Golden Knights missing their top pair defensemen and no return timeline for Alex Petrangelo available and no specific timeline available for Braden McNabb either, it's looking like the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have a really interesting top six defense core for this next game. Uh, specifically, you're likely to see Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore in their typical pairing on that top line. Uh, and then you're likely to see Nick Haig and, and Zach Whitecloud on that second pair. But after that, the picture is somewhat unclear. Uh, I am hopeful, given that Dylan Coughlin has been called up from the taxi squad, that he's going to make his NHL debut uh, this Friday against the the LA Kings. And, you know, it's not too not too shabby for, for Dylan Coughlin to, to get his first game, especially against a weaker team uh, like the LA Kings, where he's going to have a chance to have a bit of a soft landing into the NHL, at least for that first game. I would presume that he will be paired with Nick Holden, uh, which, you know, take her to leave it on, on that. I, I'm not sure that those two actually pair all that well together, but anything that gets a young player onto the roster to give him a shot to get his NHL career started, I'm all about. And speaking of uh, young players getting their pro careers started. Kelly McCrimmon also commented on the recent signing of uh, my favorite topic on this podcast, Pavel Dorofayev. Well, we were uh, really hopeful that Pavel would, uh, you know, have been over here uh, sooner. He was a 19-year-old player that uh, was a real good player in the World Junior last year uh, for Russia. We wanted him to come and play here. Uh, he made the decision to sign uh, in the KHL. And just through, uh, you know, continual uh, contact with the player, with his representatives, uh, you know, viewings that we had with uh, our uh, staff based in Russia with Alex uh, Godinyuk, who works for our team uh, in that area. We were able to, uh, you know, have him be interested in coming. So worked with uh, with the club to get a release, and uh, he'll play in uh, in AHL Henderson for us. Uh, we'll go through a process of immigration, which is going to take some time. I believe it's going a little bit better than expected, but it'll still uh, it'll still take a period of time for all of that to be taken care of for him to be able to uh, get to Las Vegas and begin his pro career in Henderson. So we're going to jump into our, our interview series with Ken Bulky of Sinbin.Vegas in just a moment here. But first, I want to talk to you about betonline.ag. Because I think you might be ready for some football. The college football is already well into bowl season, and there's some big matchups this weekend, but no bigger than the Super Bowl. Am I allowed to say Super Bowl? Is that is that a thing that we're allowed to say? In any in any event, the NFL regular season is over. The playoff picture is clear, and there's only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust, and that's BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Uh, and you don't just have to bet on football. If you're like me and you only follow hockey, they have daily hockey bets on everything that you're looking for, in including uh, some some interesting prop bets. If, there, if there's a player that you are sure is going to score in tonight's game, you can go ahead and bet directly on that player to score. You don't have to let some other bookie decide who the player is that you want to bet on. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, betonline.ag, it's your online sportsbook experts. 
And just before we hop into our next conversation with Ken Bulky, uh, we are covering everything that you need to know about the Vegas Golden Knights. But what about the rest of sports? The Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with the Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. And we're back with the Locked On Golden Knights podcast, and I'm joined by my guest... Hello, Ken Bolke of Sinbin.Vegas. Ken, how are you, sir? I'm good. Yeah, I'm so, pumped. Super Bowl week. This is the first of our three prospect segments here on the Golden Knights, uh, Locked on Golden Knights podcast. Uh, f- today, we are going to be talking about the top forwards in the Vegas Golden Knights system. Ken, we, we just recorded a, a pretty lengthy podcast about all of the Golden Knights prospects, so definitely go check out Penn's Go check out Ken's most recent podcast uh, where we talk about all the Golden Knights in the system. But we're going to talk about the top Golden Knights at the forward position. Ken, who do you have ranked number one? I think it's pretty clear who's number one. It's Peyton Krebs. Yeah. So uh, it's the highest pick they had. And he's he's he looks like he's got it. Like you're starting to see more and more of what he has. He's starting to really look like he's going to be a bona fide NHL player. And I think a high end bona fide NHL player. So what's keeping him down in Henderson right now and not on the Golden Knights roster? Two things. One, the Golden Knights are good. Sure. Real good. Like, he's got to be better right now than Nick Waugh, which it's close. Sure. But do you really want to do that? And then you'd have to waive Nick Waugh and you potentially lose Nick Waugh. They won't even waive Keegan Colazar. They're not going to waive Nick Waugh. So I think the roster is the main thing. If this team stunk, he'd probably be given an option. But the other thing is, I still think he's too thin. I just don't think he's quite big enough. And it's not to say he won't go into the corners and try to win the battles. I just don't think he's big enough to win them consistently at the NHL level. And I think he would hinder you a little bit in that regard. And so who do you who do you compare him to? Where would you see him? You know, if he was five years older, what what type of player does he look like to you? Man. I usually lean towards Golden Knights players in this case, and I don't think I have one. I don't I don't think he's like any Golden Knights player that they've had. Uh, so I'm trying to think of a good comparison, maybe like a Pacific Division type guy. I think he's going to score. Yep. I think he's going to drive offense. I think he's going to... Um, he's going to have real good vision. I think his acceleration is what excites me the most. Yeah, though the, his first few steps are... Maybe Miko Rantanen? Yeah, I think there's a there's a pretty good similarity there, and I think like Miko Ratten, and he's there's not much chance of Peyton Krebs becoming a high end center. He's going to be a, a winger. winger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, help the folks at home to understand why why is he more suited for the wing than at center? I think that the thing with him is he's got great hands. Uh, he has the ability to score. I think he's going to want to be in front of the goal quite a bit, but I think where he's best is when he gets along the half walls. Right. When he gets along the half walls and he has some space, whether that's space he creates himself or it's space created by the center or defenseman coming forward and pinching, I think if he gets the puck, he's going to make the right decision, whether that's put the puck on goal, put it into the center, cross-ice pass, back out to the point, whatever it happens to be. I think he's best on the half wall. And I think he's worst along the boards, which is where you're going to need guys going into those corners, centers digging the puck out on both ends. Yeah, exactly right. And you don't want to see him waste a shot like that by by being at center. More often than not, the center's planted either in the corners or in front of the net, and, and 
one of his best assets who go to waste there. Completely agree. And I don't know how good he's going to be at draws. Yeah. I don't think he's bad, but I, I'm, I don't see an elite faceoff winner. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. And when you've got other guys in this in this system that can win faceoffs, there's no reason to force him to center just for, just for the sake of it. I'm with you. Now, the next guy on my list is Ivan Morozov. And this is a, a second-round pick taken 61st overall in the 2018 draft, uh, now playing top six in Ska St. Petersburg in the KHL, which is likely the best team in the KHL. Uh, where do you fall on, on Ivan Morozov? He kind of feels like a first-round pick because he was their first pick in that draft. Right. Uh, it's Unfortunately, we've seen very little of him here. Right. He's basically been only in Russia. I think he was here for like a day and then he disappeared. Right. And there's still a fun conspiracy about that that we can get into another day. But Oh, we can get into it now if you uh, want. So there's... All right. There, he is Ivan D. Morozov. Okay. There's an Ivan M. Morozov. Right. Who was a defenseman. I think there's an outside chance they picked Ivan D. Morozov and Ivan M. Morozov walked up to the stage when they picked him and then came to Vegas and then they realized that, oh shit, this is the wrong Ivan Morozov. (laughs) So, I mean, there is a picture of Ivan Morozov wearing a Golden Knights jersey. And does that picture look like the current Ivan Morozov? Because it hasn't to me. Man, now I got to go back and look. And then there was pictures of him in Vegas at development camp. And those ones didn't look like the one that we currently have. Oh, God. Poor Ivan M. Morozov. Yeah. The worst, we- the best and worst week of his life. Yeah. Oh. Again, if I were to bet, I would say it's about a plus of 10,000 that that conspiracy is accurate. But it's a fun thought. Oh, I'm going to push that every day. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But uh, what I think of him, I think he is what the Golden Knights like in a in a forward and really in a center. He's a two-way center. Mm-hmm. He gets up and down the ice. He's a fat, great forechecker. He's got good enough hands to score. I don't think he's necessarily a high-end playmaker, but I don't think you have to be in the way the Golden Knights play. I think he's your quintessential Golden Knights center. And I think he can be that moving forward. He just needs to come to North America. Yeah, I mean, so we we were talking in the in the main podcast that we did for your show that uh, this is a guy that's getting top six minutes, but he's in the same system as as Pod Colson and Marchenko, and both those guys were drafted higher and are probably higher touted than than Morozov is. Certainly, Pod Colson. Yeah, I mean, Marchenko Pod, could be close, but Pod Colson's way higher. Yeah. Pod Colson will play top six minutes for Vancouver yeah. this year. Yeah, and, and so. When that happens, you have to assume that there's some degree of politics being played in the KHL. Gotta and guys that. guys that are sticking around tend to get more minutes. Guys that aren't tend to play on the fourth line where Marchenko and Pod Colson are playing. So I think there's a there's a really good player there. I'd I'd be surprised if he spent, you know, the next four or five years in Russia, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he signed another one or two year deal there. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not five years, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happens. Yeah, I mean, this is the same team that held on to, to Nikita Gusev for as long as they did. Uh, the same team that held on to Vadim Shipashev for all his for his entire career before he came to the yep to, to the Golden Knights. So uh, I could also see there being a little bit of. Uh, little bit of bitterness on the on the part of Scott St. Peterburg trying to keep a hold of at least one Golden Knights asset. Good old Vegas Russia communications. 
Oh, God bless them. Now, that being said, I, do, I still don't think there's a, an issue with Russians in I don't Vegas. I think that's a ridiculous storyline. But it's but fun. It is fun. But I do think there could be an issue with this particular Russian. Yeah, I would agree. And they've already proven there's not an issue because Pavel Dorofeyev just came over. Yeah. He terminated his contract in in the KHL. I mean, granted, he was playing in their lower league. Terminated his contract on his own dime and comes to, to Henderson where he's only going to make you know, 65000 70000 bucks. And really, Gusev had only good things to say. Yeah. And he just wanted to play. Yeah. We, and as it should. And and because the Golden Knights brought him over, he's he made $10 million yeah. in three years. He's playing. Yeah. So who who would be the third player in in your Golden Knights forward core? Who's the, who's the next guy up uh, behind Peyton Krebs and Ivan Morozov? It would be Brisson. But it's close. Dorofeyev would be next. Okay. Uh, but I don't think there's a huge gap. Like, I I don't think it's, like, way beyond that I could have Dugan or Elvinus in that group. I, I don't think they're that far off. But I, I would say Brisson, I, I, I lean towards first-round picks. You spend a first-round pick on a guy, there's a reason for it. Other teams probably wanted him in the first round. I see the shot. I like Brendan Brisson. I think he needs to get bigger. I think he needs to get stronger. So who doesn't? Right. That's Every 19. 18-year-old yeah. kid needs to get bigger and stronger, yeah. including you know Jack Hughes last year. And I hope that people don't go crazy about what he's doing at Michigan. He's a freshman on a damn good Michigan team. He's not going to have a monster year. Yeah. I mean, that being said, he's a point-per-game player in the NCAA as a, fr- as a true freshman. Which is hugely impressive. A lot of that's power play driven. A lot of it's Which ha- is fine, but yeah. that's why he's a point per game player. He's not going to play way up that lineup consistently, I don't think. Yeah. What's interesting about him is his, his most consistent line mate is uh, Thomas Bordolo, who's a San Jose pick. So that it's going to be fun watching them battle over the years. Good old San Jose. We finally had a game that they were going to play San Jose and the rivalry was going to get renewed and we were going to finally get something even though it was going to be played in Phoenix and it gets blown. And we'll be back in just a moment to talk about all the Vegas Golden Knights' top defensive prospects. But first, I just want to chat with you for a brief moment about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional auto parts storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand in his warehouse that his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money and that you can use then for other important things like the mortgage or food. You want food, don't you? So so why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or 100% more on the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores often have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and reliably low. This is the democratic version of fixing your car. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging the prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. And don't you hate the airlines? We all hate the airlines. So rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or a login. It's got amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Ken, who do you have as the number three defenseman in the Golden Knights system? Number three? Number three. So I have to go backwards. You oh, go man. backwards. You're, you're, you're putting me on the spot here. Hang on. 
All right, I have, because I don't want to ruin, I can't ruin the surprise by doing it backwards. Number three, I have Braden Pahal. Really? Okay, so tell me what you like about Braden Pahal. I mean, that's a guy that was undrafted, comes into the system pretty unheralded. What what has you so high on Braden? Again, like you said, he kind of came out of nowhere. He's an undrafted free agent. Goes straight to the AHL. He kind of fell into the mix with with the Wolves there, and then they stopped playing. He didn't get to play a lot. I've gotten a chance to watch him quite a bit with Henderson so far, and he looks like the type of player that you want on your NHL team. He's gritty. He's a pain in the ass to play against, and then he makes the right decisions when he gets the puck. He pushes the puck forward. He's very good at the blue line offensively, which is impressive for a player that I didn't think was going to be much of an offensive option. He's got a chippiness to him. There's really not much to dislike about the player. Like I think he's an NHL player, and I think he's going to be one not that far off. So you say not that far off. What's your projection? Next year? Wow. Maybe the following if 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 there's not room. But I think this Golden Knights defense is going to open up here in time. Like, White Cloud's going to stake his claim. I think he's in there for a while. Obviously, Petrangelo's in there for a while. Theodore's there for certain. But beyond that, I think there's going to be space. Yeah. I'm not sold on Nick Haig as much as most people are. I'm not sure Dylan Coughlin's going to fit for the long haul. Bischoff just seemingly can't get a chance, even though I think he probably should. Nick Holden can't even get in the roster now. I think there's room. And and I have a feeling the coaches in Henderson are going to love Braden Pahal, and he will rise up their ranks, and then eventually he'll be knocking down the doors of DeBoer. If you were going to compare him to to an NHL player, is there a style comparison you can offer? I don't think he's as good offensively, but he plays like Tori Krug. Okay. Just a pain in your ass. All right. And, you know, that's probably something the Golden Knights could stand to add to their blue line, uh, especially if they can figure out a way to rely less on that in their, yeah. in the, on their fourth line. Yeah, that, well, that would be fantastic. Unfortunately, I don't know that that's happening anytime soon. <laughs> so n- coming in at number two, who do you have? Behind Pahal, I have, or ahead of Pahal, I guess I would say, I have Coglin. Okay. I like Dylan Coglin a lot. I think he's an offensive option and somebody that does something that the Golden Knights haven't had since Colin Miller. I think he's very similar to Colin Miller. Yeah, an incredible shot. Lightning quick shot. Real good at getting it through. Not always on goal. See Colin Miller. Good enough in his own end, but I like a specialist. It's one thing I've thought's been missing from the Golden Knights since they got rid of Colin Miller. I like a specialist. I like having your sixth defenseman who, in a big-time game, plays nine minutes of even strength time. But when we're on the power play, you've got another option. That's what Colin Miller did for you. Colin Miller shouldn't give up too many goals at five on five, but when we get opportunities to play at four on four or specifically a man advantage, he's going to give you chances. I think Coglin can do the same. And it seems like Colin Miller was the last time, the last time that the Golden Knights had a good power play was with Colin Miller. 100%. Last time the Golden Knights were all that good offensively, really. Yeah. And I don't know that Colin Miller was necessarily the driver of it, but having that tool in the toolkit would certainly go a long way. Hopefully Petrangelo can start playing like Petrangelo and things can go in the right direction like they were supposed to, but to this point, he hasn't. Yeah, it's been a little disappointing to watch the $9 million man just sort of 
float around a little. Hasn't been good. Yeah. But it's early. It's early. And you know what? I'll take $9 million of Petrangelo over 11 and a half of Carlson. Oh, for sure. For sure. Especially after seven games. Like, I'm not throwing him in the drain yet. And we've seen enough of Eric Carlson that you're starting to think, like, maybe he's in the drain. Dowdy's another one. Yeah. But they need more. They need more out of out of Alex Petrangelo. When they start playing better teams, they, they're going to need more. Yeah. There, there's no question about that. Uh, so, coming in at number one for you on the defense prospect list. So, this is number one in value to me. I think he has less upside than both of those guys, but I think he's a more surefire option. I like Caden Korzak. Yeah. I think he's an NHL player. I think he's probably a top four NHL player. I think he's the exact future of defense first defenseman. I think you're exactly right. I He, he skates. He can break out with his feet. He can break out with his stick. He's good mentally. He Nothing seems to overwhelm him. He's a monster of a kid that I'm assuming is only going to get bigger. Mm-hmm. I like him a lot. I just don't see him as like your home run player. Right. I, I think he's everything. He will be at his best everything that you want Braden McNabb to be. Yep. And if you can put him with Theodore, fantastic. Yeah. If if the future of this team is Korzak and Theodore, you've done very well. Or even very Petrangelo. Well. Yeah. Like absolutely. He, he's he's again, like he he's what you want your defense first guy to be. Where he is better defensively, but he's not completely useless offensively. That's what the Golden Knights have found themselves with, unfortunately, with McNabb. And actually he hasn't been all that good in his own end either. No, he hasn't. But you know, Korzak has a great first pass, has a heavy shot. Probably not going to get any power play time, especially on this team. Kill though, but he'll he'll get time on the kill, and you know here he is called up to the Golden Knights taxi squad, and whether or not that results in a game, I I'm hard pressed to believe Doubt that. It, yeah. But the fact that he was the one they called up, I think it means a lot. I think it says something about them wanting to quicken that development. Let's get him a look at NHL camp as opposed to throwing another day on Jake Bischoff or somebody like that. Carl Dahlstrom has been there. Right. It, it it's it's certainly like a feather in his cap that they they're willing to give him this go at age 19 yeah i I, and i think like you say there is no more of a sure thing in the golden Knights system than caden korzak and that even includes peyton krebs completely agree which is high praise yeah absolutely all right well, well we'll be back tomorrow with another another segment with ken we'll be talking about who he thinks is the top goalie in the golden Knights system as I mentioned at the top of the show, I was a guest on Ken's podcast, Sinbin.Vegas' podcast this week. Uh, so go ahead and go check that out. And also check out the GoldenKnightsWatch.com podcast that just dropped its second episode of the season about mm, two minutes ago. So go ahead and check that out. Make sure that you listen to everything that I do uh, at the Locked On Golden Knights podcast, the Golden Knights Watch podcast this week on Sinbin.Vegas, and you can also catch my writing at DauberProspects.com. I'm Jack Manning. You can find me at NHL Jack Manning uh, on uh, on the Twitter bot, and you can if you haven't gotten enough podcast content from me today you can also check out locked on bets because betting on sports doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling you can get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers subscribe to locked on bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts